today on the wrestling podcast about nothing, I was ambushed. Brian Fury, we're recording this after the episode took place, and I had something completely different in mind, but you took over and you took me to task about wrestling today and why I am not a fan, right? It needed to be done, Michael. Somebody needed to show you the error of your ways, and I think I think I did it. Well, stay tuned for this wrestling intervention, plus a little later, the return of Fake or 500, then your promo about nothing and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing, episode 189, a production of Trackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus for the ring. And joining me as always, well, one New England independent Matt veteran is not here. That is the brawler Brian Malonis. He is still uh, moving into his house. It's been a quite an ordeal. He's got a palatial estate over there in the uh, New Hampshire area. Well, it's quite a big area, but somewhere in New Hampshire. Deepest, darkest New Hampshire. That's where the, the kingpin, <laughs> the brawler is. But the one who is joining me, also from New Hampshire, is the owner-operator, head trainer of the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, as well as the owner-operator, promoter, booker, wrestler for Chaotic Wrestling, the permanent host of the wrestling podcast about nothing, the firebrand Brian Fury. Hello, New Hampshire's favorite son. Hello, Michael Crockett. How are you? I'm all right. You're doing. Uh, you're doing good. You're getting your cardio in. Oh, I mean, this time of year is an awful lot for me. So you know, besides the wrestling school and the wrestling promotion stuff, you know, I work a part-time job at UPS, and this time of year, it becomes a lot more than a part-time job. It's a uh, insanity personified down there because everybody on earth shops online nobody goes to stores anymore so i'm, I'm a little grumpy i'm a little honorary uh, i'm a little tired and then on top of that i'm trying to prepare for my first match since like june um so it's gonna be gonna be quite the week for me here it sounds like you're making excuses already before the matches even take a place excuses i've never done such a thing michael I don't know. It sounds like, oh, well, it's a busy work and this and that. And it sounds like uh, we're going to be looking at a loss, one of the loss column for Brian Fury this Friday in Hudson, Massachusetts. Come on now. You think I'd come out of retirement again just to lose? <laughs> That's a good point there. You are the uh, booker <laughs> as well as the promoter and the uh, wrestler for Chaotic Wrestling now. A little bit of everything. A little bit of everything. So how are you feeling about the match? It's you and Josh Briggs, who is the current Evolve Heavyweight Champion, right? Yes, yes, he is. Um, yeah, I'm excited for it. Josh is one of those guys that I think his style of wrestling and my style of wrestling would mesh really well. And he's also one of those guys that I really kind of missed the boat on because he came a little bit after I kind of stopped. Well, he started wrestling a little bit after I stopped. He was still around, but 
Um, didn't really get a chance to overlap any. So he was one of those guys that I missed and was sad that I didn't get to wrestle. So I'm very excited for this one. This one's been a long time coming. Yeah, you were telling me that this was supposed to happen a while ago and stuff has kept coming up where you, you haven't been able to get it done. Yeah, we were supposed to do it uh, initially in like August and he was getting married and then we were supposed to do it again in like November and there's a couple missed dates there with you know me on vacation and him having uh, an Evolve conflict. So we kind of uh, made the storyline work and extended it out a little bit longer and added some uh, fuel to the fire. So it should be good. Yes. Are you out of the neck brace? Uh, yes, I am. Well, thank goodness. Out of traction, out of the neck brace, uh, up walking around, good to go. Just in time for the match this Friday night at the Hudson Elks, correct? Yes, Hudson, Massachusetts. And you can get your tickets at chaoticwrestling.com to see the return of the firebrand. You're damn right. That amongst many other things there that evening. We'll talk probably more about that later. And speaking of returns, Brian Malonis has told me he will return next week to the wrestling podcast about nothing. I kind of promised last week that uh, the three of us would be back together, but couldn't get the kingpin out of the house. He is uh, knee-deep in in wrestling figures and all boxes all over the place, trying to settle into his new abode. So uh, we'll give him a little time to get his house in order, literally. And uh, next week, he says, actually, he has something important to share. Next week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing, so be sure to tune in for episode 190. That is next Monday on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. And uh, another guy who has something important going on is Kofi Kingston. Oh? The former WWF World Heavyweight Champion. The current SmackDown Tag Champion? He's got a new podcast, Brian. Are you aware of this? I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet, though. Listen to it or seen it, whatever. You know what I mean. Yes, I, I do know what you mean. Kofi Kingston, part of the New Day, of course. And the New Day has a podcast, an official WWE podcast called Feel the Power. And uh, he's not getting off on the right foot with the podcasting community. I'll tell you that. Oh, what? why is that? Because, I mean, first of all, He's coming into our territory, right? I mean, me, Brian, and you now a part of this podcast as well, Brian Fury. He's coming into our territory. Not only is he coming into the podcast space long after we've established ourselves, he's releasing his podcast, the New Day podcast, on Mondays, the same day. Oh, brother. And I'm not liking it. And I have told him uh, this is the last time I'm going to be talking about New Day Feel the Power because I'm not getting any plugs on this podcast, I'll tell you that much right now. Yeah, just this uh, inadvertent one? Yes, that this is it right now. All right, this is it. Have you listened to any of the WWE podcasts yet? I have listened to a little bit of the Corey Graves, and I get a bone to pick with him, too, because he decided oh to steal one of our regular guests from the past. Uh, a guy by the name of uh, Ivar was on his podcast uh, two weeks back, and uh, yeah, he got a couple... Of decent stories out of him but nothing like we've done here in the wrestling podcast about nothing that's another guy that's kind of on our shit list i'm not gonna pro i'm not gonna promote Corey gray's podcast either i'll tell you that oh boy i mean yeah wh why would you want to do such a thing no i mean those guys they're on their own 
Let's see how they do without any help from the wrestling podcast about nothing. Let's see how their downloads go, right? Seriously. I mean, they may do okay, like in like California or Florida or Texas or something like that. But in New England, they ain't going to do jack squat. Exactly. Brian, do you know that we are a top 10 podcast in wrestling in Poland? I was unaware. Very excited about that. Yes. I mean, there's probably a joke in there somewhere, but in Poland, <laughs> we are one of the top wrestling podcasts. That's awesome. I'm very excited. I, I'm, I'm guessing that the, the New Day's podcast, <laughs> it's not at the top in Poland. That's for sure. Seriously. I mean, come on now. They can't compete with us. Another thing about Kofi Kingston, he uh, tweeted at me and said that he wants me to remove his uh, contribution to the 100th episode of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing when he called in and left a message uh, congratulating us on our 100. Well, I mean, he just kind of buried Brian Malonis, which is pretty funny. But uh, he wanted me to remove that because I said I wasn't going to promote his podcast. Well, I'm not going to do that. That's going to stay there. And I want to tell everyone, go download episode 100. Listen to it again. Download it on multiple devices. Listen to it simultaneously on your iPad, on your iPhone, on your, you know, what's the Android device. Listen to them all at once. Let's build up the downloads in episode 100 just to throw it right in Kofi Kingston's dumb face. Yep. Take that. Yeah. Take that, Kofi Kingston. You fake Jamaican. (laughs) Oh, wow. In his face. In your face. And uh, that's it. All done talking about WWE podcasts. Never again. Never again. Perfect. Moving on to BrianMalonis.com. I mean, he uh, just made a huge purchase. He's got his own home. And every dollar counts. So head over to BrianMalonis.com. Support the guy. Buy a t-shirt. I mean, I can't guarantee delivery for the holidays. Um, I guess I could. And, you know. I mean, I I guess I could. (laughs) Could you, could you, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) All right, we'll go to brianlotus.com, get a t-shirt, guaranteed delivery by Brian Fury for Christmas. Get the uh, Drinking Bears the Care shirt, the brand new uh, Care Bears mock shirt over there, and a number of others, including the Brawler Malonis Mastodon design and the wrestling podcast about nothing Curtain Jerker t-shirt. It is all at brianmalonis.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Tees. And our own website is the WPAN. That is the WPAN.com. WPAN. <laughs> yes, WPAN.com. And you can find ways to subscribe there to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. All the various podcast platforms, they're all right there. You can just click and find them. And the social media links. We are at the WPAN on just about every social media platform. So follow us and interact. And we have the bios. Uh, Brian, Fury? Yes. What's going on with your bio? Uh, I, 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 gotta, I ain't going to lie anymore. I, I, I haven't done it yet. I'll, I'll get it to you in the new year. Why don't you have your webmaster take care of it? He's not really <laughs> busy with the wrestling school website. So he's got time. I need to, I need to fix that too. I, I ain't going to lie. I, I, these things have fallen between the cracks, Michael. So much going on, so many big things, and the little things fall between the cracks, and I, I need to fix them up. Uh, maybe it's a New Year's resolution. Yeah, for, for 2020. And can you, you make your first resolution, Brian Fury, that you don't say 2020, you say 2020? Because that's, that's the way you got to say it. Who says 2020? I don't know, because I think you, I've heard you say 2019. 
if I'm like speaking long form, sure, I'll say 2019. <laughs> but I could never picture myself saying 2020. That sounds really weird. Yeah, I mean, let's make sure that we just get rid of that altogether. I mean, since 2010, it's been 2010, not 2010, in my book anyway. Yeah, see, I don't know. 2010 sounds weird too, but 2010 sounds right to me. Maybe I'm going to go 2020. I don't know. I think you've convinced me to to go the other way. Don't do it on this podcast. Go to the WPAN.com, the WPAN.com, and uh, check everything out that's going on over there. And Brian Fury, I gave you an assignment this week. Yes, you did. I said I wanted you to watch both AEW Dynamite, Wednesday Night Dynamite, and NXT. Take notes on both. We'll talk about NXT first, then AEW. We'll compare, we'll contrast, and we'll uh, figure out who is the winner of the week. I mean, obviously, I couldn't do that because I don't have, uh, I got rid of cable and I don't have any cable stations at the moment. So this one is all about you, Brian Fury. So NXT this past Wednesday was, uh, of course, from Full Sail University, right? It was. But all right, Michael. So listen. Uh, all right. I did. I did this. I watched both episodes, but that's that's not what we're going to talk about here today on the podcast i'm i'm gonna kind of um this is gonna be a bit of an intervention a bit of a um confrontation uh if you will i i know you you have your run sheet over there um you've got your little notes from the dirt sheets that you read about the episodes uh but we're not gonna do that today we joke uh, malonis and i joke all the time with you about you not watching wrestling about you uh, hating wrestling and now and whatnot. And um, I think what I'm going to do with this episode, instead of do a typical rundown of a couple shows like everybody else on Earth does, is I'm going to take this time to figure out what it is and why you don't watch or like wrestling in the year 2019, almost the year 2020. What are you talking about? We're we're talking about NXT. Um, yeah, well, well, NXT. What was the main event in the show? I didn't. NXT can be part of the. I know you didn't. I know you don't know. You didn't watch. You didn't watch anything. You haven't watched wrestling in years, Michael. And, and that's that's the point here. So you you didn't take notes, is what you're saying. You didn't take notes no. on what's going on on each show. You didn't give them star ratings each match. I took notes. I certainly didn't give them star ratings. No, that's that's for somebody else to do. That's that's for your Lord and Savior to do, not me. <laughs> So what the hell's going on here, Brian? You're you're taking over. All right, what's first up? Think back to your childhood when you watched wrestling all the time. What made you love it? What made you fall in love with it? The characters, I would say. Name like two or three of your favorites. Oh, Hulk Hogan. Okay. He's larger than life. He looked you right in the eye. He told you how it was going to happen, and then it happened. All right. Some of you could believe in, right? Yeah, so who who else? When I first started watching, it was right around WrestleMania 4, so the Macho Man Randy Savage was just, uh, you know, he became the WWF champion. Randy Savage is a guy you could believe in. Just a complete, just a complete character. There's no other really way to say it. Macho Man Randy Savage, there's absolutely no one like him in the world. There wasn't before him. There wasn't since him. He's just the most unique wrestling personality one of the most or 
perhaps the most unique wrestling personality in history. Yeah, no, he's definitely uh, outrageous, over the top, and flamboyant, and colorful, and all these other things. Uh, two good picks. Uh, just give me just one more right now, off the top of your head. Uh, you know, a guy I really liked. I mean, I didn't really know of him until he was a babyface, but when he returned at WrestleMania Five as part of, uh, it, it was supposed to be a Piper's Pit, but then Brother Love took it over, and a Rowdy Roddy Piper was a guy just who I was captured by Rowdy Roddy Piper, just not even seeing him wrestle. The first time I actually saw him in the ring was he was a part of that angle with Brother Love and Morton Downey Jr. And just uh, the way he commanded the microphone, something that really captured my imagination. And Rowdy Roddy Piper would probably be the third guy that I would bring up. All right. So we got Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and... Roddy Piper. Um, yeah. You talked about like characters and, and gimmicks and whatnot. Like when I think of these three guys, I think they're just guys that happen to be pro wrestlers. So when you think about well, those three guys, you think they're just guys? What What is Hulk Hogan? He's a guy. He's a superhero. Yeah, there's plenty of superheroes in pro wrestling today. So, so, so this is the point I'm trying to get here with this aspect. Why and I we've had this conversation, you know, on the side many times. You feel like there are no superstars, no larger than life characters today. And and why do you feel that way? Why do you feel that way personally? Yeah, there there are no stars. We talked about this before, how we watched the Royal Rumble back in the day, and every guy that came out was like, uh-huh. That's that's a star. And you watch the Royal Rumble these days and it's like, All right, there's another guy. Yeah, and we've argued <laughs> I've argued with you over this fact many times you would get excited when bushwhacker luke would come down to the ring <laughs> of course yeah see no he's no different than say if like zach Ryder came out to the to the ring now except zach Ryder's is probably a bigger name than bushwhacker luke no bushwhacker luke was i mean he was a obviously a a character he's a complete i mean he is as a wrestler not something to write home about but he was a defined character zach Ryder, i don't even think is that defined of a character i mean i know that he's from long island tito santana and you you, that's a big superstar for you yeah former intercontinental champion yeah and tag team champion by the way so wasn't zach Ryder. both Uh, i i just don't see yeah that's because you just view it differently now you don't look at it objectively anymore. That, this, that's the point what I'm trying to get at here. And I think a, a lot of people are the same way. You don't view it objectively. You looked at it through these wide eyes as a kid. These guys were superstars and larger than life. You've grown older. You were actually in the business for a while. And you just don't look at it the same way. You don't think kids watch TV right now and watch pro wrestling and look at these superstars the same way that you looked at those superstars back then? You really didn't give the star ratings to the NXT matches? Stop it, Michael. <laughs> no, there. Okay, let me just tell you why I think there are no stars in wrestling today. All right, let's hear it. It has been drilled in everyone's heads that wins and losses don't matter. That is like something that people will just parrot every second of the day, whether it be people in the business, people outside of the business. Wins and losses don't matter. Wins and losses don't matter. And I think that. Mantra has come directly from the top. 
because back in the 80s, guys like Hogan and Piper would call their own shots because, you know, Piper barely ever lost a match. The fact that nowadays it's wins and losses don't matter. That is the mantra that you hear all around the place. That's basically the people in charge trying to make sure to keep them from being big stars in my opinion it's it's been said enough times and it's been said for long enough that basically the wins and losses thing it's been accepted as that's what it is and the fact that they made these these people today the wrestlers today just don't care whether they win or lose that's why no one gets over do you honestly think the wrestlers don't care whether they win or lose I mean, obviously you care because if you're technically like a winner slash top guy, you're going to be making more money. But so I would say, okay, they don't. They may care, but it's the difference of fighting for your way, essentially, because I think probably you don't want to be seen as a mark. But so, going along what you're saying here, wins and losses do matter now, much like they did back in the day. The only problem is you don't have straight up squash matches anymore. And back in the day, you have the squash matches to really establish the main stars. So they would look like bigger stars than they actually were, and they're beating the squash guys. So it still happens from time to time on Raw when they're trying to establish characters a little bit here and there. Most recently, Viking Raiders just went through a bunch of still kind of going through some job guys. Braun Strowman was doing it, Ryback, and so on and so forth. But there are still the top guys that win all the time on a very regular basis. And there are the mid-card guys that are 50-50, just like back in the day. And then there are some guys that don't win at all. There's the Kurt Hawkins, the Zack Ryders, the you know people along that level there. They're just looked at the same way as jobbers, except they actually have some name value there. So I think when you're, you're beating these people, it's the same or maybe even a little bit more than when you beat a job guy. I think in your head, when people say wins and losses don't matter, I think they're saying that in argument to the fact that pro wrestling isn't real and i'm using real with air quotes there it's fake so wins and losses don't matter in that sense it's not like it's a real sport but wins and losses 100 percent do matter that's how top guys become top guys and that's how guys fall by the wayside it's the same thing that it's always been it's just you're looking at it in a different way I will give you that. I mean, back in the day, you had the squash matches. You brought up Bushwhacker Luke. I mean, the Bushwhackers would go out there and beat a couple of job guys. And so they would be elevated a little bit when they eventually lost because they weren't, you know, super pushed talents in the tag team ranks. They were on the lower end of the tag team spectrum. So they'd go out and beat these no name guys. And then when it came to, you know, WrestleMania 5 against the Rougeau brothers, one of the touchstone moments of my wrestling fandom <laughs> when you know they go out and lose to Rougeau brothers then you know they Rougeau brothers get a little more elevated because bushwhackers weren't just these schmoes that have never beaten anybody they were on tv winning matches with their finish and so i understand that and i give you that but who these days i mean I, okay I'll, I'll give you this there is one star in wrestling today who is that? Brock. You think he's the only star? Like, like when you say star, like what makes you think he is the only star? Brock Lesnar, I mean, everything he does is talked about. Everyone has an opinion 
on Brock Lesnar, good or bad. He is basically anything that he does is something that the wrestling world talks about. The reason Brock is different is because he's one of those guys who kind of does call his own shots. He shows up. I mean, he doesn't show up when he wants to, but he shows up limited because he has, he's negotiated a contract that has limited dates. And uh, the thing about Brock, more than anyone else, he's protected. He doesn't lose very often. And when he does, it's a very, very, very big deal. Like, you know, the the quick loss to Goldberg at that Survivor Series a couple of years ago was, I mean, the talk of wrestling. I remember I did a podcast right after that show ended and it was, we were like, what the hell just happened? It was amazing. A guy like Brock Lesnar who doesn't appear every, I mean, that's another thing too that we should get into is the fact that these, there's all these hours of TV to fill. So you see these guys nonstop and it's, none of the guys end up being special because you see them, you know, on 17 hours of TV each week. That's another thing. But that's not the case because people are technically only on one show a week. So you're only going to see them on one show a week. It's no different than any other regular TV show that you would watch. Is Kramer any less of a star on the Seinfeld show because you got to see him every single week on the show? Well, yeah, Kramer wasn't, uh, he was had a little more mystery behind him. By your logic, Newman or somebody along those lines would be a bigger <laughs> star than Jerry because you see him less. He does job, though, quite often to uh, to Kramer and to Jerry. So yeah, He's definitely enhancement talent. But so, so, like, I agree with you. Brock Lesnar is a is a big star, and he's next level. And I think he's kind of positioned himself in that way due to what he did outside of the company. Um, but if you only wrestle like five times a year and you win three and lose two, you're still at that quote fifty fifty booking style. Um, it's no different. You just don't see him as often, so it doesn't take as much make as much impact as as it does if you see him week to week on every pay per view. So who else are you going to try to tell me is, is a star in wrestling today? You can't tell me that like Roman Reigns isn't a star and doesn't get everything he does is talked about and reacted to in the same way that Brock Lesnar is because it is. He's overanalyzed more than just about anybody on the roster in such a very, very, very long period of time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing with Roman Reigns is he was a bigger star, I think, before they put a microphone in his hand. When he was in the Shield, he was completely over. Everyone loved him. And then they decided they were going to make him, you know, John Cena Jr. or The Rock Jr. and have him do the whole, you know, be cutesy, do nursery rhymes, do that whole thing. And, and they really fucked that up. I will say that the Roman Reigns, he's... A polarizing guy. He's a guy that, you know, people really love or really hate. And as Brian Malonis likes to say in this podcast, the opposite of love isn't hate. The opposite of love is indifference. So there is no indifference when it comes to Roman Reigns. In the in the space of you know the WWE, he is probably in the universe, I guess you should say, of WWE, he's one of the guys that is above the rest. Yes, I'll say that. Going, you just kind of brought something to my attention here. You talked about how people like half people love him, half people hate him. I think that type of reaction has gone back a very, very, very long time now because 
there isn't necessarily too many straight up baby faces and straight up heels in the world of professional wrestling anymore. And they haven't been that way really since the Attitude Era. Uh, there's a couple people that are that are, could be considered straight up baby faces. A John Cena is one, but he was another one of those guys that got those mixed reactions. And John Cena is another guy that became bigger than professional wrestling. If you see him all over Hollywood and whatnot now, but people kind of like and dislike whomever. And I think that very very vocal minority is going to dislike whoever the office deems to be like the top guys you said it yourself roman reigns was getting cheered more than anybody and then they started pushing him they started booing him daniel bryan same thing happened more recently things with seth rollins same thing happened it's a constant cycle now where someone will be a baby face they're getting these great reactions so then they go with it and then they just turn on a dime and start booing people is daniel bryan still wrestling by the way he just wrestled at the last pay-per-view michael this is this is what I'm getting at here. You're not watching the product. You don't understand what's no, going on. That's what I'm getting at. He came back from from the brink of you know whatever. That was the biggest story in wrestling. He 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 was actually clear to come back and wrestle after all these years, and he is an afterthought. He is a footnote. He is nothing right now. I don't even hear about him at all. I mean, literally, that I'm I'm not joking. I didn't know that if he was wrestling or not. You do remember him wrestling at WrestleMania this year against Kofi, right? In that big heel role? Yeah, since then, I haven't heard a thing about him. He was, uh, he was on and off a little bit, but the whole idea of his story... How do you screw up Daniel Bryan after coming back from what he came back from? They didn't. They worked it well, and then when he turned heel, he was such a great heel going with the whole vegan, eco-friendly gimmick. What happened to him? Is he still over? He's very over. He just had a, a, a match with The Fiend, and he finally did the yes chance for the first time ever since turning heel way back when. And it was a huge thing. The entire arena was going crazy with it. The whole point of that storyline with The Fiend was that he wasn't what he used to be. And they kind of played off the kind of exactly what you're saying right now. The wrestling product in ring, you can't tell me, is not better than it's ever been. I mean, there's some fantastic stuff. I'm I've seen gifts. <laughs> How I consume my wrestling these days is like you know, thirty second to two minute bites via YouTube or uh, you know someone posts something on Twitter. I see lots of moves and such. And I mean, but that's see, so so that's part of the problem, Michael. Is you're only seeing moves and you're not seeing the emotional connection and how they're placed into matches for people to react the way that the wrestlers want them to react. You're just kind of watching the moves. And Are so, you saying that that's there? There's still uh, emotion? Like, there's still... The stuff between the spots is is meaningful? Of course it is. Across the board? I mean, there's always pluses and minus, but it's always it's always been that way, even when you were a big fan in your heyday. And going back to when we used to all get together to watch Raw's, that's when you were kind of starting to tune out a little bit. You'd be in and out a little bit rather than just completely glued to the television. And I think now that you've just continuously gone down that path and you're so far away from watching it and actually giving a shit about it that you've become disconnected from the product. And that was the point of me talking to you about this today. To make you realize or hope to make you realize that wrestling hasn't changed any of its real fundamentals from what it used to be when you were watched, when you were a fan, from when you grew up watching 
all wide-eyed and fell in love with these characters to what it is now. Wrestling is the same. There's still that big, larger-than-life superstars. There's still that amazing match that makes you go, holy crap, that was great. I want to do that when I get older. There's still all the emotional connection of things that happen in the ring and things that happen outside of the ring to somebody getting beat up or attacked that makes you feel for this character, that makes you want to see them wrestle next week on SmackDown Raw, NXT, or the pay-per-view, or whatever it is. It's just you're so far away from what it was when you watched and you were enthralled with it now that you don't feel it and you don't see it the same way. <sighs> you're jaded, Michael. You've said on the show that we are in a boom period. We are. Right now we're in a boom period. How come there's less people watching wrestling now than there's been in a long time? For the million and one time, like wrestling and all of television is consumed in so many different ways than what it once was. So while the numbers per se may not be as high as they once were, there's also a million and one more channels and stuff now. There's also DVR. There's also Facebook and YouTube and Hulu and everything else that they can watch these products. But that being said, Monday Night Raw, for instance, is still what? Number two in all of cable? Number one in all of cable next to like Monday Night Raw? Uh, Monday Night Football, I mean. It's not like it's dwindling and it's like, oh, Monday Night Raw is like 20th on the list. It's still in the top two or three every single week. It's still the most popular thing going on television. It's just the numbers, instead of there being... 5 million people watching a week. There's two and a half or 3 million people watching a week. It's still the top tier. That's why Fox paid so much money to have it on there. That's why USA paid so much money to have raw renewed on there. It's just the way things are, Michael. I mean, I understand that there's money because these networks you're talking about, uh, Fox and USA, they don't have the viewers they used to. They think wrestling is live programming. That'll help them out. But a boom period, you, you think about the last boom period, the Attitude Era and the Steve Austin, The Rock. I just don't fucking see it. It's different than that. I mean, so you look at that boom period and you literally just said it right there. To have two guys on your roster at once, like Stone Cold and like The Rock. Oh, not to mention you have Undertaker, Mick Foley, Triple H all on the roster at the same time is absolutely fucking amazing and incredible. And, of course, that type of thing is going to happen. Nowadays, if you have one or two of those types of guys, they're going to take it to the moon. And that's what they're trying to do right now. The problem is, if there's a heel right now that catches fire and he's people are disliking him, I'll say Baron Corbin, for instance. And I, and I retweeted something today that I'll, I'll kind of turn it around to this um, baron corbin is an amazing heel he gets heat the casual viewers that watch dislike him all the smart viewers that watch hate him because they think he's a bad wrestler go back in time and watch things with like any one of hogan's opponents for the most part none of them were good fucking wrestlers michael you can admit it the problem is nowadays He's not throwing out these five-star match classics that people dislike him for that. The thing I tweeted today was wrestling is broken because writers are getting heat. The wrestlers aren't. And that's what happens. A guy like Baron Corbin gets amazing heat. He's a great heel. And he doesn't get the credit that he deserves for something like that. People 
again, the vocal minority or Dirt Sheet Writers, which is the only place that you get your information from is Dirt Sheets and Twitter, you're not seeing it the same way as someone that actually watches the program, feels it, sees the heat that somebody like he is getting. So you can invest in these characters. You mentioned the casuals. There is no one that's capturing the general casual audience. There's the all it's just diehard fans watching and paying attention, but the the casual fans that would I mean, to me, a boom period is you got guys on the roster that are making people at work ask you questions about wrestling and and that that there's no one in wrestling now. NXT, WWE, AEW, MLW, anywhere else that is making people take notice. That, to me, that's a boom period. And I don't see, I mean, beyond the money, I don't see a boom period. The amount of people at my work and out and about that ask me about, for instance, AEW, Chris Jericho's at AEW, did you hear that? Or, or, Hey, what happened to, you know, Brock Lesnar is the name that you said. Uh, people will talk about Roman Reigns, uh, Randy Orton. Those types of people randomly get brought up to me on a regular basis. Like I started with the biggest one that people ask about all the time is Chris Jericho AEW. A lot of people have taken notice, heard of it, seen it once or twice. But back to what you said about the casuals, AEW and NXT those are really for hardcore fans and the numbers show it they're averaging like 800 to 900,000 viewers a week raw still doing like 3 million smackdown doing like 2 2 and a half million that's a huge difference that's a huge difference between the hardcores and the casuals watching as well uh, who knows how many of them are the same fans watching both shows or or what but I think you're still in a little bubble, and it's not like you get out that much anymore, Michael. <laughs> you, you have the son, you got the wife, you're not out and about talking to too many people, you don't hear a lot of things, no one knows that you even watch or like wrestling because you don't, so they're not going to talk to you about that stuff. People kind of know that with me, and so they're constantly asking me questions. Hey, what's up with Chris Jericho here? I saw this. Hey, uh, I saw that guy, uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, that, that Dusty Rhodes' son? People that didn't know him in WWE. People asking questions like this all the time. It's great. Independence, the IWTV, the Honor Club, the, all these other things are, are available and people are watching them. And wrestling is growing like crazy. Chaotic Wrestling is going great. Our elevated show has amazing views, more YouTube views. And uh, we have stuff on Power Slam and all these other places. And our numbers are the highest Chaotic Wrestling has ever had for stuff out there. So the boom period is real, Michael. Um, you haven't convinced me. <laughs> what, what, what do you want me to do from here? You want me to watch some wrestling next week? You gave me this assignment. Yes. And I want you to do an assignment. What's that? I, I'm not going to say, oh, watch these wrestling programs for one week or two things on one night or DVR. Because I know you're not going to do any of these things. I want you to do more than just see some gifts, Michael. I want you to take a couple matches off of a Raw or a SmackDown, or something along those lines, and just watch just the matches. Put your phone down for the time period that a match is on, watch it, listen to the reactions, listen to the people, see what's actually happening in these things, and then come back and talk to me about it. Tell me if it's like as dull, dreary, and dead as, as you're making it up to be, 
or Twitter or the dirt sheets make it out to be. Uh, those places thrive on negativity. They just want everything to be dark and dreary and dull. So things that they say can seem that much better or smarter. I want you to actually make an opinion for yourself. Think like a child again. Think like a person that just wants to watch a show that you used to love and enjoy it. Much like a TV show, a Netflix show, a Disney Plus show, anything along these lines. Just go and watch it and enjoy it. Stop trying to overanalyze it like crazy and just take it for what it is. Please. Will you at least tell me what the match of the week was last week between AEW and NXT? No. No? I will not. Uh, all right. So I guess maybe your uh, wife will have to share a, a password with me again so I can, maybe I can watch some wrestling. <laughs> Fine. If that's what it takes, we'll do it. All right. Well, uh, this show has not gone the way uh, I had planned here. More to come here. We got another segment that I want to actually get to. But before we do, we want your feedback. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take on this week's episode. Your thoughts on this intervention, I guess, from Brian Fury on me and my wrestling viewing habits, use the hashtag WPAN or call the voicemail line call 401-584-9726. That's 401-584-WPAN. And before we get to fake or 500, Booking the Territory is the unprofessional wrestling podcast hosted by Mike Mills, Hardbody Harper, and Doc Turner. They do two podcasts a week. Sunday is the Smoky Mountain Show. Thursdays is their show where they're looking at Jim Crocker Promotions, the old Saturday Night 605 show. Go to MikeMills.Podbean.com. A great look at Southern Wrestling on Booking the Territory and the Northern wrestling uh podcast you should be listening to is our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast with little joe Morata and michael quinn they're talking about the best and worst of entrance themes this season so make sure to check out ovppodcast.com for everything our vantage point greetings from allentown with pw peter winson he looks at one single episode of wrestling television and breaks it down to the little 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 minutiae and uh you'll never be the same again once you listen to greetings from allentown be sure to subscribe and the rundown wrestling network they are basically reviewing every single episode of weekly wrestling television maybe we'll just listen to those podcasts rather than watch the shows what do you think no michael i want you to form your own opinion for one please don't read anything about a show just don't listen to anything about a show just watch one and form your own fucking opinion for once please okay well listen to uh rundownwrestling.com for the Rundown Wrestling Network and uh, after you watch the shows of course and get the opinions of Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, Sal, Ginger, the rest over there on the Rundown Wrestling Network. Brian, I don't think you've ever participated in Fake or 500, have you? I, maybe I did once. I know I did no, I think I did something or trash or something. I, I, I did one of these shows at one point in time a long time ago. Well, this segment is where I take a look at an old PWI Pro Wrestling Illustrated 500. And that is where they rank the 500 top talents in wrestling every year. I was in that once. You were in that once? Yeah, one time. What year? Uh, uh, boy, I don't know. Whatever year I was in the Super 8. I don't remember what year it was. <laughs> it's been a while. Well, this 
PWI 500 that I found is from the year 1995. Oh, all right. So I think it was like the fourth annual. I think they started in 1991. So the PWI 500 for 1995. And how we do Fake or 500 is I'm going to read you a name of a wrestler ranked in the PWI 500 for the year 1995. And you will tell me whether they are actually a wrestler in the PWI 500 or one I just made up. All right. So that is Fake or 500. And do you know who was number 500? In the year 1995. Nope. Are you asking me just the name right off the top? 95? Um, boy, I, I have no idea. Kevin Kirby, of course. Oh, all right. Also known as Tater. Tater? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Just figure I get that out there. Let's <laughs> start Brian Fury with number 216 in the 1995 PWI 500. His name seems like it's straight from 2019. He is the hater. The hater. Is that fake or 500? The hater. Number 216. I'm going to say fake. Well, Brian, number 216, the hater, is an actual professional wrestler. He is actually in the 1995 PWI 500 also known as Jamie Magnum, also known as Punisher Sledge. Oh, boy. He began his career in 1989. He was, uh, let me see here. An illustrious career. I got to look up. Maybe I want to mess anything up for the hater. <laughs> Don't try to figure where the hell, where the hell he was from. <laughs> it doesn't matter where he's from. He's the hater. This town sucks. <laughs> I'm sure he's the original one to wear that shirt before, <laughs> long before, yeah. just incredible. <laughs> I hate this town. Uh, Minnesota was oh. where you could see the hater. Wait, he has the WCW match here? Oh, he defeated Lenny Lane in a dark match on Monday Nitro. Whoa. In Minnesota in 1997, the hater. Wow. So that guy got around. Good for him. All right, so we go from 216, the hater, to 296. How about this? Nico Zuna. Nico Zuna. Is that one word or two? One word. N-I-K-O Zuna. Oh, my God. Fake or 500, my friend? I'm, I'm going to go 500 with this one. Number 296, Nico Zuna. He is 500. You are correct. Oh, oh, goodness. He had me worried there. That long pause really had me worried. <laughs> now, uh, Nico Zuna, also known as Sam Fatu. Oh. So they're keeping it in the family. He is one of the long line of, you know, the Samoan dynasty. He was Tama and the Islanders. Okay. So that member of the, uh, the Samoan Anawai slash Fatu family. Nico Zuna, I guess he must have had uh, approval from the family. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to mess with the Samoans. You certainly don't. And Nico Zuna had a uh, well, illustrious career. I don't know how long he was Nico Zuna for, but... It wasn't quite as good as the hater that year, though. Not quite. Not quite. Uh, 80 slots away from the hater, in fact. <laughs> Now let's move down a little bit to number 318. 
Brian Ooh, Fury. Nice. All right, 318. Number 318 in 1995 PWI 500. Let's talk about Chuck the Kosher Killer. Oh, oh boy. Or maybe it's Chuck the Kosher Killer. I, I'm going to say fake. I, I, I can't. I know times were different back then, but I still can't see something like this being an actual gimmick. Chuck the Kosher Killer. Or Chuck the Kosher Killer. He's 500. He is actually in the PWI 500. Oh How? How does something. Goodness. Um, wrestling never ceases to amaze me. He's apparently from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's six foot four inches tall. Began his career in 1983, but he's he's uh, apparently he's only had the name Chuck the Coach. There's only two matches for him listed on Cage Match. Two? Yeah, and both times he he lost to the Boston Terrier for the AIWF Heavyweight Title. What year was that? 1994. So that would be in this qualifying year. He lost the match and he still was in the top 500. Yeah, and pretty high up. 318. Goodness, that's probably higher than what I was ranked. I don't even remember. I'm sure it was. Let's talk about number 351. Bo Dacious. This is definitely real. Bodacious. There's no way that's a fake name. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> As with authority, right there. I, it, there's no way that was that was a fake one. That is 500, my friend. Uh, Bodacious. His signature moves include the bow tie leg lock. <laughs> Fantastic. If he doesn't wear a bow tie to the ring, I'll be very disappointed. And you can find him on MySpace. MySpace.com slash one and only underscore bow underscore dacious. Wow. <laughs> so go and put him in your top eight. <laughs> yes. I'll take you out and put him in. All right. Let's talk about number 371 in the 1995 PWI 500. Battle Cat 2000. 95, huh? Yes. I'm going to say no. Not a chance. I think this is you making up a name to former failed WWE gimmicks, and you kind of just put them together and hoping that I would fall for it. I'm going to say no. Fake. You didn't fall for it, huh? Ah. <laughs> Battle Cat 2000. That is fake. Uh, yeah, there was a Battle Cat in the early 2000s in WWF. And uh, I was thinking maybe there'd be a guy on the Indies who's trying to capitalize on the massive success of Battle Cat. Half him and half Techno Team 2000? Yes. I, uh, that's plausible, right? I mean, yeah. I Trust me. If Nico Zuna's on there, that is definitely plausible. <laughs> okay. Let's move on to 390 in the PWI 500 for the year 1995. The Stone Cold Kid. Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. 95, huh? I'm gonna... Uh, I hate this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say 500 and really not be happy if it's actually 500. It's 500. Oh, my God. 
What do you know? The whole song and dance from Steve Austin about watching the movie about the 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 ice killer or whatever his name was and then of course his wife at the time Jeannie Adams there Lady Blossom saying your tea is stone cold who knew that that whole thing was all a work and he just stole stone cold kids gimmick you know I thought I had more respect for that man but apparently not can you believe it his name is Dion Johnson and back in 1995, he was the Stone Cold Kid. I guess he probably had to change it in shame because someone just ripped him off and he couldn't, you know, after someone rips off your gimmick, you, you show up at the local high school gym and people are like, hey, you know, he's trying to be Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's like, no, I was first, man. I was first. You think anybody would believe him? No. If you had a copy of that magazine, they would. Yeah, we have proof here on the 1995 PWI 500 Stone Cold Kid. Unbelievable. You think he made a jacket? <laughs> I'm sure he did. With his number stitched on his arm, of course. Oh, yeah, you got a nice Letterman jacket, the year, and the number. Stone Cold Kid. Kudos to you, my friend. Kudos. Boy, what a name. Moving on to number 431 in the PWI 500. Spooky Cool Kid Clean. Spooky Cool Kid Clean. I'm. I'm oh, I hate this. I, these games make me so angry because I don't. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, this is fake. I'm gonna say fake. Spooky Cool Kid Clean number four thirty one is five hundred. Oh my god. How? Like very little information on this gentleman here from Florida. They say he's 6'4. Began his career in 1991. Beyond that, he was in the PWI 500 in 1993 and 95. And that's just about all the information I have on the guy. Spooky cool, kid clean. I mean, the name speaks for itself. I'd book him. It's like he just like threw a bunch of words into a hat and pulled out like <laughs> it's like twelve gimmicks in one. It's like Macho Warrior Rick Hogan. In my head, um, obviously I can't see the writing, but the cool kid clean are all with K's. You're exactly correct. Is it? Yes. <laughs> oh my god, that is such a '95 name. Three K's to be exact. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to wrap this up here. How about number 453, Zoo the Gargoyle? Zoo? Like Z-U? Yes. That's, I'm going to say that one's real. Because that's one of those, like, you take this weird name and then add, add it to in front of, like, oh, the warlord or the barbarian or something like that. So this guy is Zoo the Gargoyle. I'm, I'm, that's 500. It is 500, and I'm looking this up here. I'm looking through Cage Match, and it's telling me that Zoo the Gargoyle is Perry Saturn. Whoa, all right. I don't know if I believe it. A little throwback. I mean, I, I consider myself somewhat of a uh, aficionado of New England wrestling, and I have no information on Zoo the Gargoyle being Perry Saturn. That's... uh. 
a bit perplexing to me. Now, this this uh, website, WrestlingData.com, says Zoo the Gargoyle, also known as Pinky LaRue, Sean Carter. So this doesn't say he's Perry Saturn. So I, I'm, I'm more inclined to believe this than Zoo the Gargoyle being Perry Saturn, but it could be. I've seen Stranger Things. All right, we got uh, number 455 in the PWI 500, the year 1995. Ryan Fury. <laughs> Ryan Fury? Yes, Ryan Fury. My uncle. He's 500. He's 500? Yeah. You're a second generation? I didn't know that. Well, I mean, uncles, I guess. But yeah. <laughs> well, you're not because that is fake. <laughs> of course it is. There's only one Fury. Well, there are multiple Furies, to be honest. But... Fury is one of those um, names like Storm. It's like just that great yeah. name that a bunch of people have. Yes, there's two Storms in the NWA. Tim Storm and James Storm. <laughs> True. It's uh, it's crazy out there, yeah. The, so Ryan Fury is fake. And finally, as we wrap up, Faker 500 using 1995's PWI 500, number 469, King Kong Krusty. 95, huh? <laughs> hey, kids. That's exactly what I was thinking. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. That's 500. Yes, it is. Uh, known as Tony Golden, also known as Krusty Staubach. Krusty Staubach. But in 1995, he was known as King Kong Krusty. <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Hope you enjoyed this little uh, soiree we know as Fake or 500. And it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, Brian Malonis is hitting the highways, byways, and airways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying his trade as a professional wrestler. And this Friday, it is final battle from Philadelphia on pay-per-view and fight TV and honor club, all the places you get pay-per-view events. You can get ring of honors, final battle, their biggest event of the year. I don't think that the bouncers are on the card. I wonder maybe they might make an appearance, but you should check it out. That is this Friday night, the 13th of December, Friday the 13th for final battle. As I said, on pay-per-view on Fight TV, I believe, on Honor Club, anywhere you get Ring of Honor pay-per-views. Check out Final Battle. And, of course, Brian Malonis will be back two days after that for Final Battle Fallout from Philadelphia. I am sure they will appear, the bouncers will, on that card. It could be their final events for Ring of Honor as the contract is coming up. And I haven't brought that up this week, so I figured it's about time. <laughs> and uh, Brian Malonis, we'll see what happens for 2020. Not 2020, but 2020. This could be it. So I guess get to Philadelphia or watch Ring of Honor television coming up to see the bouncers at Final Battle Fallout. That is at the old ECW Arena Sunday, December 15th, and coming soon after that to Ring of Honor television. 
And Brian Fury, let's talk one more time about the big event coming this Friday up against Final Battle in Hudson, Massachusetts. Yes, much more importantly, Uh-oh. is uh, Cat Wrestling this Friday evening. Uh, Brian Fury, myself, I return to the ring to face the one and only Josh Briggs, the current Evolve Heavyweight Champion. Uh, also going to be a... Uncle Ryan Fury in your corner, right? Yeah, yeah, he might be there in attendance. Uh, I'll point to him like Jose Lothario pointed to uh, Shawn Michaels. Um, Also, we're going to have a big tag team title gauntlet match. Uh, The winners of that gauntlet will face Killanova Incorporated later on that evening. Christian Casanova will be there. Um, D.L. Hurst will be there. Um, A bunch of other people are going to be there. It's going to be a great show this Friday in Hudson, Massachusetts. The final show for Catholic Wrestling of 2019. 2019. Sure. All right, chaoticwrestling.com for tickets to that event this Friday. Uh, come on out, support Chaotic Wrestling, support Brian Fury as he makes comeback number six. Uh, four. Four? And now is this full-time? You coming back full-time? I don't want to. No, I don't think I'm coming back full-time. I do want to have a couple of matches uh, outside of Chaotic at some point in time, but I don't think that would be for a while. Mm-hmm. After the holidays, after you... Uh, Make your new year, new me commitment, right? Yeah, definitely after the holidays. Definitely after I can uh, get myself back into uh, fighting, like really good fighting shape. Uh, so it's like I was there and then I went on vacation, ate a whole bunch of crap, came back, got pneumonia. I uh, was sick. I was kind of just bedridden. Couldn't really work out for a while. And then came all the holiday hours at work. And it's like just kind of falling apart, falling by the wayside. So. Uh, give me a little bit, and then I, I do want to try to get out to one or two uh, other shows and just do a couple matches here and there. And then I have some other goals I want to do in 2020, 2020 as well. Outside of that, I think I want to start doing some seminars, um, training seminars and stuff, and show what I teach at the school and other places and try to get that word out there. So, yeah, big things coming, Michael, big things coming. I've heard that before. <laughs> yes. Haven't we all? And not just from you. So, uh, yeah, okay. Book If you want to book uh, the Kingpin, brianlonis at comcast.net. If you want to book Brian Fury, uh, use, I guess use the contact page on anyprowrestling.com. That'll still work, right? Oh, yeah, that still works. You can also hit me up on Twitter or Facebook, Instagram, all of the above. All right. Well, this week's promo about nothing comes from the year 1986. And it is the World Wrestling Federation, the WWF. Let's see Mean Gene Oakland. He is standing by in the interview location with classy Freddie Blassie and a newcomer to the World Wrestling Federation, a business associate of classy Freddie Blassie. That is the Doctor of Style Slick. Ooh. So both of them with Gene Oakland in this week's promo about nothing. None of your business, but I will be able to buy some more of these gems right here. Those pencil neck geeks out there over, you know what I'm talking about? Hmm. All right, keep your hands off of it over there. I hear you're light of fingers. I'm not. That's not true. No, not true? Not true. I'm not light fingers. Maybe a light someplace else, but not in the fingers. Come on in, Slick. Slick, welcome to Australia. Apparently, this financial agreement between Mr. Blassie and yourself, one of the most uh, bizarre in the World Wrestling Federation. 
Let me tell you something. I've got more money than an ocean has water, more money than the clouds are in the sky, brother. And what Mr. Blassie and myself have transacted here is none of you with your bowling ball head and none of these goofy people here in Australia's business. Whether you're an ambassador for the IRS or something. Well, I, I don't know if uh, I have nothing. Please don't bring out the IRS when you're talking to me, Slick. Slick, I'm very curious about your business background. What, what business have you been engaged in in the past? You know, Gene Okerman, I'm a man of renowned prominence. I'm one of the best real estate businessmen in the world today, and that's how I've acquired my real, real estate. Real yeah, that's right, Dad. I deal in property. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I heard that uh, prior to managing wrestlers here in the World Wrestling Federation, Slick, that you had managed a number of girls up in Detroit, Michigan. How dare you, you egotistical buffoon, to stand here and try to insult a man of my vast intelligence and a man of my renowned dignity and try to put me down in front of these people. If it wasn't for the fact I was a church member, I'd knock you right out. And you know that. You know, as Blassie has said many times in the past, the shoe fits where? Hercules Hernandez. You know, he doesn't own oh, only a lot of real estate. He also has a lot of friends in Columbia. Yeah. Columbia. Colombian friends, that's right. Columbia. Yeah. Is that Western Australia? I'm sorry about that, Fred. Yes. Hercules what Hernandez. Want, bowling ball head. Now, wait a minute. You're climbing on. Oh, real funny. Bowling ball head. Real, real funny. You jabronis. Hercules Hernandez. You've been here before. These people in Australia, they know what I'm all about. They know what I can do. When you think of Hercules Hernandez, you're thinking about pain. You're thinking about hurting. You're thinking about getting Thank your Thank you very much. You guys have got the balls of Brunswick. I don't mind telling you. Fast. All right there, bowling ball head. <laughs> they, loved, they loved that line in there. You had to use it a couple times. Well, Slick did it, uh, you know, of his own accord. And then Hercules Hernandez, never known as a great promo guy, just decided to take it and... He must have popped off camera, so he just had to say it again when he got on there. I, yeah, I would presume so, because uh, there were a number of things in this promo that would uh, pop uh, any normal gentleman, <laughs> I think. Especially uh, in those days where, um, you know, they, they would, like everybody would be all in the room together, and just you put those people, people in the front, and Gene just has to run through like 30 promos all at a time, so everybody's just kind of watching each other go. I think he's just trying to pop the boys uh, while doing a lot of these ones. So, uh, Gene Oakland was lighting the something else. He was what? <laughs> he said he was lighting, what did he say? He was lighting something, lighting the, lighting the hand or something. He's, and he said, no, well, I'm not lighting the hand. Maybe I'm lighting something else. Yeah. He was, he said a lot of different things out there. There was a little typical old school Gene, but I, I, I get what you're, what you're really going for here with this promo crockett i understand and this goes way back to uh a discussion you and malonis had about what slick did right yes my question well my statement was that slick was a pimp and malonis disputed that as did slick he's a man of real estate he deals in property if you know what i'm saying (laughs) so yeah this basically confirms once again what uh I knew from the start, Malonis refused to believe the fact that Slick, the Doctor's style, is in fact a pimp, right? He vehemently denies that fact. Um, I'm, I'm with Slick. I, I think he earned his money the old-fashioned way, dealings with real estate. And then, from there on, uh, his dealings in professional wrestling. 
Well, I mean, it seems like if he was not dealing, you know, if he was not managing women up in Detroit, as Jiro Kalu would say, he he wouldn't fly off the handle. Like it's it's like one of those things where you know if you're lying, you really go over the top to compensate. If I accuse you of being a pimp, you wouldn't get angry with me. No, it's okay. No, I'm not a pimp, but whatever. And said he's like, I will <laughs> knock you out if I wasn't a, you know, a church going man. Yeah, if he wasn't a man of the church. So what was Freddie Blassie doing there? Like he just brought Slick in. Yeah, Blassie basically sold all of his talent. This is when uh, you know Blassie was on his way out, and he basically sold all of his talent to Slick. You know, uh, Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov, and I guess uh, Hercules Hernandez was another one. I think later the Slick sold Hercules to Bobby Heenan, but at this time he had uh, Hercules Hernandez under his tutelage as well. Hercules had a lot, a lot of time before Gene just cut him off right in the middle of him talking. <laughs> I guess, I mean, probably better off for Hercules, but the <laughs> the two managers there ate up all of his time. It just blabbing on, blabbing on. Yeah. Is that, it, is that Western Australia? I'm sorry. <laughs> Columbia, yes. Um, <laughs> and really surprising to me is in 1986, me and Gene Oakland using the term jabroni. Yeah, that, that, that was great. Why did I think that was like a term that was like created in the 90s? Oh, no, that, that was like been around forever. Apparently so. It just reminds me of the time that Rick Fuller said jabroni on the microphone at a chaotic show once, and it really popped me huge. <laughs> what did he say it about? Uh, I think it was at the um, <laughs> the show uh, at the Air Force Base, Hanscom Air Force Base. Yep. He messed up <laughs> Jeremy Phelps' name, who, was, who helped get us in there, and he called him Jeremy Piven. <laughs> and then he said they were going to beat up these two jabronis <laughs> I forget who they wrestled it might have been Alex and Max or something like that but it was like when he called them jabronis and the whole promo just popped me all over the place <laughs> I, I I think Rick Fuller not the most comfortable guy on the mic so maybe it was like just a matter of he's just trying to get through it and get out of there <laughs> 100% he, he, yeah. he definitely needed a uh, slicker or classy Freddie Blassie to help him out he wanted to uh, sell Rick Fuller a little real estate, maybe. Yes, or something from Colombia. Was that a, <laughs> a, a a Coke reference? I think so. Yeah. He's, not <laughs> only does he uh, is he a pimp, but he's a drug dealer as well. Apparently, yeah, is what really, really here. just burying for a slick as a human being, a man of the church, mind you. <laughs> yes, as we would actually find out later in his run. Shout out to Kyle Sinclair, who uh, back in the day was completely on my side about. Slick being a pimp and actually was the first person to bring evidence our way that uh, Slick was indeed a pimp, as referenced by Gene Oakland here once again. And uh, that clip is courtesy of At Masked Wrestlers, Richard Land from Jelly Old England. At Masked Wrestlers is a great Twitter follow, lots of rare and unique clips from WWF from the olden days. So check out At Masked wrestlers on twitter and follow them and you heard this promo about nothing if you want the full picture find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the wpan.com next week brian fury it's episode 190 oh yeah the official march to 200 begins yeah trucking to 200 I like that. I like that more than the march. Something like that. All right. Let's do that next week and hopefully we'll have Brian Malonis here. Let's yeah, we will. We'll have Brian Malonis here. He'll have something special to say he told me. And uh for Brian Malonis 
and you, Brian Fury. I am Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko, and thanks for nothing. Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz do 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 Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz Bobby Cruz